Horrific Network Entertainment. What's going on, everybody? It's Jimmy, and we are back with another horrific podcast, man. Super excited to have everybody uh, get through Thanksgiving alive. Hope you enjoyed, and if you haven't listened to yet, please go check out our menu uh, special where we reviewed the menu, and then we also... Did a little bit of uh, talking about the Disney shakeup and everything. It was just a, a good panel uh, with Fast Pass and us, Charlie, um, and uh, Snack and Flick. And we all reviewed the menu. It was a great time. I think that everybody, uh, they really enjoyed it. I, after, the, in the moment, I called it a five, but I do think that Ray Fines was good enough to raise the scores just slightly to probably put it closer to like a uh, I don't know man like a seven everybody was kind of aiming at that seven to seven and a half mark and that's probably fair at the end of the day I don't know though and uh, yeah man I think that what we have is uh, a pretty solid horror film but that's gonna be you know, appreciated by some and then forgotten by others but it was something different it was something that wasn't done to death and I definitely have an appreciation for it in that instance so there you go also we continue these horrific podcasts like I said we have a pretty hefty backlog of interviews to try to publish and so i'm not gonna like just have a horrific podcast every day but you are gonna get multiple horrific podcasts a week until we go on break for the holidays we have holiday fun we have some star wars uh, a star wars episode to do Um, fast pass with us some of their content Uh, officially has uh, signed on to be part of the tribute show as well so stay tuned for that some of their adventures you'll be hearing in audio format along with you know their videos that they put out uh and all in all man it it will be a great um end to 2022 on our podcast channel and hopefully also on our you know the rest of our media stuff Anyway, hopefully you guys are able to appreciate everything that we have done. News-wise, I don't have a ton of news other than we are kind of in like the shutdown mode of 2022. <laughs> we don't have a whole hell of a lot going on other than trying. I, I know I've been like saying it forever. To find some time to finish this film, and that will 
really be taking the priority. Uh, other than that, we are here gearing up for 2023. Time is a fickle bitch, man. Like, it just seems like time goes by faster and faster and faster the, the older you get. And I'm going to turn 39 here soon. And it feels like two blinks ago I was getting married to my wife. And uh, that was almost seven years ago now. And that is mind-boggling to me. Um, the biggest thing, though, I think, is that when we get to a certain point, we will eventually be able to announce that horrific championship wrestling is coming back. It is scheduled to come back January 8th. And that has always been like a, a favorite of the fans. We're going to be doing it in a new format. We're going to be doing it in a new uh, fashion and I think that it will overall be better uh, the way that we're going to do it it's going back to one show a week and then several you know mock pay-per-views and stuff along the way but it all kicks off January 8th is when we're going to start up once again with a title unification show that will put um, everybody with their titles on the line to kind of point us in the new direction of HCW. So stay tuned for that. Also, we will be doing um, more content on our social medias. We've been watching the whole Twitter fiasco. I don't think Twitter's going anywhere. I don't think Twitter's going anywhere. I'll say it one more time. I don't think Twitter's going anywhere. But if it does, you can also follow us on Tumblr. I've been looking at Hive. I've been looking at Mastodon. Neither one of them really feel like they're for us. Um, we'll see how they progress. Mastodon, I have no idea. Like, the interface of Mastodon, just, I don't like it at all. The interface of Hive seems like Twitter, but just not as good as Twitter. So, we'll see what happens with that one. But, I think that at the end of the day, we will have uh, an answer to that shortly. So, stay tuned. And be on the lookout for all that kind of stuff. Lisa Loring is the uh, highlight of, or no, she was the highlight of the, the podcast last week on Friday, Black Friday, appropriately. And today is a guy who has been on the podcast multiple times. He's always a great time. Uh, the voice of Willie the Weasel and the composer of Willie's Wonderland. He's back to talk his new one, The Accursed, which is out on Shudder. Uh, had a great talk with him over haunt season. And he put together another fantastic soundtrack, fantastic score to this horror film, The Accursed. And that is Emwa. He is really excited to be able to... to 
kind of change the tone of his work and he does it really well with this film this film is completely different than what um, you would expect from a movie like Willy's Wonderland it is a movie that definitely puts you in a different mood than Willy's Wonderland did and I think that you will be able to get a hell of an impression of just how much uh, M.Y. works at being as good as he is. And so with that, let's get to the interview with M.Y. Okay. All right, man. I'm super excited to have on the show with me. Uh, this is, I believe, like his third or fourth appearance. It's always a great time. Um, you know him uh, probably uh, forefront of horror fans, especially lately, uh, as the voice of Willie the Weasel and composer of Willie's Wonderland. Uh, but now there's a new movie that he composed that is coming out, uh, The Accursed. And this one, like we joked about before we started recording, completely different than Willie's Wonderland for a lot of like uh, dope reasons, though, um, this movie. But uh, composing it is a great movie composer. Emma, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me. No problem, man. So this movie, The Accursed, like we just said, completely different than very different. Yeah, Willy's, Willy's Wonderland, but it is like a super dope supernatural story. So, how did it find its way to you? Like, tell me how you, this came to be. Well, after Willy's Wonderland, you know, Kevin and I kept in touch, and. Uh, you know, he he had a lot of projects, a lot of offers um, on the table, and uh, he read the first eight pages of The Accursed, which is the whole witch hunter scene, you know, where they go in there. And um, she, he, he just called me up and he goes, dude, I just got this script. Read the first eight pages and call me. I said, OK, so I read the first eight pages. I was, Whoa, I, I called him right up. I go, dude, this is amazing. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, let's keep reading it. And, you know, let's talk in, a, in an hour or so said okay so we both simultaneously read the rest of the script and then i called him and i and uh, i called him back and he was like dude we we, we got to do this movie i was like i i agree i agree i'm like i'm in man i am in this is a really cool movie because i hadn't read anything quite like the accursed you know that's what i was saying he's like i can't think of a movie that is similar you know so many movies have a similar vibe even you know even when you take like nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th right two totally different characters obviously but there's a similar thing teenagers sure. getting slashed and what have you um but uh, the accursed i just hadn't heard, read anything like it and it was such a deep um a deep psychological story as well and on, coming off of willie's wonderland i think a lot of you know it was like we just did a really gimmicky kind of movie you know and yeah. uh so it was like you know um i i heard a few people say to me like Oh yeah, man, you can write some cool kids songs for sure, but can you score a movie? And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, there's a lot of underscore in Willie's Wonderland, but unfortunately sure. people don't put their takeaway is the eighties song and the kids songs, you know? So, um, so this was Kevin and I, we were excited about doing something very different than Willie's that was much more heavy, much more, you know, uh, real, I guess, uh, I would say. So, yeah. Well, if you check out, you know, the Willie's Wonderland thing, like if you check out the soundtrack, like you definitely can 
gain the appreciation for the underscore stuff like you mentioned but that movie man is its own thing so like <laughs> like the appreciation for the kids songs and the characters it's just like so over the top like just watching terrifier 2 the other day and like the over the topness of what they did like we had them for a panel um in june and so it was like right when they were getting ready to start their press stuff and they were still pretty reserved with what they would say like lo and behold it's like the craziest fucking thing ever (laughs) i heard that that movie is nuts yeah but and so willie's wonderland like beforehand all you really knew was you know this kind of like five night at freddy type vibe of nick cage and you're like okay i'm in but what like ended up happening all the songs the music of course nick cage but like battling the thing your voice for willie and like the whole nine yards like that movie will be known for like so much stuff like forever like it, it will be it's own thing forever like that was and so you guys like you said your follow-up this movie if like you could paint like a 180 in like horror like how a movie makes you feel here you go watch willie's wonderland and watch the accursed so for you in doing that like tone everything is so different what was it like to come back into a full-length movie but it is like 180 like you every day you got to watch nick cage fight giant robot willie like that'll put a smile on your face regardless this the tonality of the film everything is like super heavy and depressing and then scary so what was that like for you to compose that music man that's a great question it was totally different uh obviously it was um but basically what we did, what, what was really special about The Accursed was that when you, when typically for a composer, when they receive a locked cut, there's temp, temp music on it, you know, um, or reference music. And they kind of, it helps the, the team tell the composer, you know, what direction they want to go with. Mm-hmm. When, since Kevin and I read this script at the same time, we stayed pretty well connected through, um, you know, for the whole year before I even started composing it, you know, we got, we read the Accursed right after Willie's came out. I mean, right after Willie's had come out in Feb in February um, of uh, 21. So we, um, you know, he got into pre-production right after that and we were just bouncing ideas and stuff and talking about what this film would be and how we wanted, how heavy we wanted it to feel and how, you know, Kevin would use descriptions, descriptions like, think of this as an oil painting. This is pride and prejudice for horror. You know, this is like, uh, you know, that kind of thing. This is drama. This is more drama than it is horror, you know, and all that kind of thing. And so um, I, I thought to myself, you know, we need to do something totally different. So I got like a bunch of really unique instruments from all over the world and started creating these soundscapes if you watch the accursed you'll notice a lot of the sound design is music you know what i mean and it's just this sound paint that kind of uh this eerie unsettling world that we're trying to create this 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 unsettling reality and uh it was dark it was hard i mean it's hard to you know uh to sort of be you do get depressed 
Uh, you feel weird emotions um, working on stuff like this for so long, seeing those images over and over again um, and things like that. But uh, but our process was pretty cool. I mean, the only thing I would say that was like a little bit not like Willie's, but a little like Willie's is I got to write the two songs that are in the movie. So you are my baby girl, which is the main that 50s sounding song. That's the yeah. main song between her and her daughter. I wrote that. Um, I had a, a really amazing singer named Sydney Ember sang on it. And then I wrote the Alone I Wait, which she's listening to by herself in the cabin. Yeah. Um, and so that was, but they're, those are totally different songs than the Willie songs, you know, they're, oh, yeah. Yeah. they're completely different. So yeah, it was, that was basically the process. Um, and we just kind of, uh, you know, we knew we were going into something a lot heavier and we, you know, we, we prepped as such. Yeah. So like the goal almost seems like you guys are going to tackle like each subgenre now, like you, <laughs> yeah. the over the top character. And now you got like the demon possession, you know, cr you know, just like dirty, creepy vibe. Um, it's like, damn, like, what are they going to do next? Um, the, uh, the film, you know, you being so attached to it, like from the very beginning, did you go out and visit them while they filmed it all? I didn't go to Georgia. Um, they filmed in Georgia, but I did go to LA um, and meet with Kevin. Um, but uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't on set. Um, it was just, I was, you would think it'd be kind of wild to uh, like walk through, like you said, that opening sequence, like that cabin that they used is super dope. Um, yeah. Yeah. He sent me every day. He was sending me a, you know, iPhone uh, video footage of everything and keeping me in loop. And um, I actually, you know, the main title sequence of the movie where the pages are turning and all that in the opening credits. Um, yeah. I wrote that track before they even shot also, wow. you know, so wow. that and, and the songs were done before they shot. Um, and, uh, and it was, you know, it was just, we, we've, we've gotten to a groove because we, we talked about the script so much prior and because I got to see all the artwork, the storyboards, everything, the casting, the auditions, everything, I was able to get like a real deep sense. And it was so cool to be able to work on a movie with zero temp track. I mean, there's zero because now you're creating exactly what you would create no matter what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, um, that that was really unique for this movie um a really unique aspect of this movie yeah so that is an interesting thing because like you said temp music is usually there on the lock cut to kind of like show you what they're looking for you you know just saying that right now that the the lock cut so to speak had zero temp because it's your project that you've been doing um how much does that temp music influence you? Like, have you ever heard temp music that you're absolutely just like hated, but you're like, well, this is what they're looking for. Or were almost you always, <laughs> I, I don't think any composer likes temp music. I mean, it, it's funny that they do it because imagine if you were an actor, right. And yeah. somebody went, Oh, here's a, here's a, a, a Tom Cruise performance, Jimmy. I want you to just do it exactly like this. Okay. You know, like is it legally, you know, do it as close to this as possible. You're like, but what about my input? You know, I want to, I want to have some sort of artistic input in this. I don't want to just be a machine, you know? So, um, so yeah, temp music is a lot of times, uh, you know, the bane of a composer's existence. Um, and, uh, 
And so it's, it, but it's just, it's always used. So you just kind of have to get used to it. But the, the problem with temp music is that um, it's almost like imprinting, right? That when a, when a creative, because the director and the editor usually do the movie to the temp music and then they show it to the team. And the minute they watch it for the first time with the temp music on it, they're, they're stuck to it. They love it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That, and that's what they want. And so you find yourself chasing that a lot. Um, and trying to do your own thing. And they're like, yeah, but it, I don't know. The temp music's working better. I don't know the temp. I just really, the temp music. And so to be able to do this on the Accursed and um, was just awesome. I mean, it was just so awesome, you know, because it was the temp music. The real score was the temp music, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's pretty wild to, to think about um the people like where they're getting their temp music from like i would imagine that like for film school there's like huge royalty free like libraries is it that kind of stuff that they'll like it's that but they also will throw on you know like a uh you know a bear mcgreary track or uh you know um uh, like a John Williams track, heaven forbid. And who can ever live up to that? You know what I yeah, mean? So, that'd be, that'd be rough. Yeah. I mean, they, they do it. They'll throw, they'll throw on whatever, you know, really elevate, they feel elevates the picture for them. And when they feel it, you know, um, then they, then they get stuck to it, you know? And, yeah. um, and a lot of times they use very famous music and it's, uh, and it's really hard to compete with it. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, I think what ends up happening a lot of time is you end up creating a pale version of something rather than if you had the trust to do something completely unique and different, you, that's how you find greatness. You know what I mean? That's how you, how you create something that's memorable, you know, when it is original because, um, yeah. imitation is pale, you know? Um, and, uh, and so, you know, again, that's, that was what was very special about the accursed for me. Um, and, um. Uh, yeah. And the movie, if you haven't seen it yet, as it is brand new upon the recording of the interview, I think it came out today. The movie uh, comes out this Friday. Oh, this Friday. Okay. So yeah. a few days out, um, like 48 hours from us posting the video, let's say. Um, the, uh, the film deals with like you mentioned witch hunting like type of a uh, vibe but there's very much a, a demonic possession vibe without giving anything away on the film and the performances from both sides and how they kind of intertwine with one another i thought makes it a movie that is very like worth watching a cool story that it seems like this haunt season this fall like the amount of content that has come out it's like the dawn of of streaming all over again like just tons of different shows and movies and like it's it's impossible to get it all done by like i'm gonna do it all by halloween haunt season whoa like there's just like no way that someone with like a nine to five job is able to do it there's just not and uh which is cool for winter time because now you got a bunch of cool stuff to catch up on. But like, it's like really like what is worth your time right now to watch and potentially not get spoiled. Uh, the accursed is definitely in that you know group for me. Like the movie was a fresh take on something familiar, and it was like 
we've all we've seen like a haunted house type vibe before we've seen a demonic possession story unfold before you haven't seen it like this before though that's like the that's the thing and like there's just enough like i don't know what it is about old people but like old people ghosts scare me mm-hmm. and like and this is meg foster yeah evil lynn from you from uh masters of the universe right who was one of the most like she's still beautiful but one of the most beautiful actresses out of the 80s um and here she is in a completely different light than you've ever seen her before and one of the most incredible performances in my opinion i've ever seen i mean she's she is amazing as miss ambrose like uncomfortable like uncomfortable yeah and mina suvari also you've never seen her like this you know what i mean yeah Um, like they really knock it out of the park yeah and she's absolutely incredible so um they all are i mean sarah gray's incredible sarah dumont is amazing um i thought i thought the cast just did such a great job all around um the emotion of the scenes um i mean they really come through the screen like that's a you know cliche whatever thing to say but man like the emotions really come through the screen on this movie everything with her and her mom Mm -hmm. like you feel that emotion um good and bad emotion like really come out and and touch you in the soul Mm -hmm. it was pretty intense awesome um and your music man is a testament like that music that's under that stuff that's one of those things that is always interesting to me about like that temp music stuff because on student film with no money, like that's the kind of stuff that you turn a project in with and they're, you know, they know the vibe that you're trying to get at. And uh, that was always a thing that they would always make you do is that you watch, even if it's your project, but sometimes it was like a higher budgeted thing um music no music and it is like uncomfortably quiet without anything yeah and that is like the importance of sound and music and how you can blend the two together yeah and i know for willie's wonderland you did like the voice and i know you do like some other stuff one of the the noise effects Sound designs that I was telling you creeped me out is when the hand would come out of that mouth and it was like a stretching, like both like the hand is birthing itself, but it's also like stretching the skin on her face. Did you make that noise or did you? There is a stretching sound um, you're referring to. That would be Paul Audison, three-time Academy Award winner who did the Hurt Locker and all that. He also did Willie's Wonderland and he did uh, he did The Accursed and he did some amazing sound design, of course, on, on The Accursed for sure. Um, but we really worked hand in hand because, you know, with a movie like this, you have to make room for the sound design. You have to make room for the score and mm-hmm. you really have to be you know sending sending stuff back and forth and and going well i i had this idea you know and you want to make sure the frequencies aren't competing you know um so yeah he he did some really cool stuff but yeah i think i think i know what you're talking about the stretching sound is like you know like an elastic sort of stretch yeah that's paul that's all paul Uh, and then 
<clears throat> did they give you guys, you know, one thing I've always wondered is, do they give you like a riser cue? Like, hey, at this point in time, which I know you could probably tell when you're sitting there watching it, but we're going to take it from a 7 to 12 as the tension escalates type of a thing. <clears throat> is that like in your composer as you're designing the music do you take like the the track levels into account or do you just compose you can you can but sometimes you got to be careful because uh that's really in the final mix mm. it depends on what they're what else is going to be layered in there and stuff so there's like you know um a lot of times when you're posting music for people to listen to and approve you'll do it yeah, and you'll add that stuff, you know what I mean? So that they get the taste of it. But when you are delivering the project to the to the final mixing stage, mm. um, a lot of times you don't turn the, di the dynamic or the volume up too loud in certain areas. You leave it to them to do the fades and the things. It's much easier that way because you don't want to get, you want them to have options, you know what I mean? And sometimes messing with volumes too much takes away options for, for mixing. That makes sense. The better to just have like that clean base for them to mess yeah. with however they want to mess with it yeah. you always deliver a reference track with your with your mix too so you can have that in the reference track any of these kinds of ideas and things um you know perspectives like for instance she walks into the kitchen and you know the song's louder playing and they're on the record and then when it cuts to the hallway it's lower in volume you can add those perspectives in your reference track that you give to the final mix stage but when you give the but for the final mix stage they just have the song themselves because they're going to go in and they're going to make it sound like it's in a room with the right reverb and everything and do their own you know their own art there so right. yeah. the uh fact that your mix here because willie's wonderland had some like a few startle scares, but most of the it was mostly like Evil Dead, just like over the top gore fest. Yep. This there definitely is both startle scares, rise in tension. Like every time that she, the mom's voice would be like through a wall or through a doorway, and she's tripping out on the fact that she doesn't know she's actually hearing it, like your rise in tension in the tone of the score definitely like as a fan just watching the movie it definitely like like fuck like what's gonna happen like type of thing <laughs> and yeah like the whole it's one of those things that knowing that i was gonna get to talk to you about it you you really make sure to pay attention where a lot of things i remember i had a teacher in a lot of films, he told us that, like, you may not even notice the sound design, you know, score 80% of the time, as much as it is a complimentary thing. The really good scores, you realize pretty much the entire time. And this film, it really feels like, that's why it's cool to see that you guys were together like the entire time especially all coming over from willies and then into this it's like damn like what a complete like jump from one giant island onto another type of a thing um 
but it's cool to see this one because it's like it all you can tell just jives together and it's like everybody how many people you so there's three of you sound design guy you director how many would you say came from willie's onto accursed um the sound design guy obviously the director um and then dave newbert who is the dp um, the, the director of photography for Willie's was also uh, the Accursed and Ryan Liebert, who's the editor of Willie's is also the editor of the Accursed. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's, I believe that's it for the team, the Willie's team. Um, I'm apologize if I'm forgetting somebody else, there might be somebody on the back end that I never worked with who also was on Willie's, but, um, but those, they, they all came over and again, it's, but it is a totally different movie, you know? Um, and it feels different. It's shot different, you know? Um, it's different. Everything. The simplify Emma's answer. The entire spinal cord of what it takes to make a production came from <laughs> Willie's and made this movie. And so it's like this thing, the fact that you guys did this as like a team is pretty badass because it's hardly ever that you have that thing happen in your career twice, I would say. Oh, yeah. To get like that gr exact group together for two feature films, that's pretty dope. That was awesome. It was incredible. And what was really incredible is just working together, you know, following Willie's, we you find your groove, you know what I mean? And moving into the accursed, we all just kind of had our groove. There was a rapport. We just, you know, did our thing. And uh, and it was it was really smooth. I mean, it was really smooth. The accursed working on the accursed was an incredible experience for sure. Right on, man. The accursed comes out this week. Um, is it on Shutter? Where? Uh, it's going to be on video on demand. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I think it'll be like everywhere, like, like probably Prime and iTunes probably, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Prime gotcha. and everything. And it'll also be in select theaters. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, this would definitely be a cool one if it's in your like general area to check out on a big screen. Definitely. And a big sound system, too, because one of the things about this score is we used a lot of sub frequencies a lot oh, nice. that won't come through on headphones or laptop speakers. And, um, and so you'll get like, you'll get a lot of that rumble, a lot of that, the width of the score, definitely mm -hmm. in, in the five, one experience and a movie theater experience for sure. That is one thing I will say. It feels like that our local theaters where we're at are starting to like do more and more is bring that kind of, you know, mid-level horror film, that's getting some shine, especially like on a streaming service. Mm -hmm. A lot of our theaters will start bringing those to theater. I was kind of stoked about that. Awesome. So maybe I'll have to look and see if a curse is playing anywhere near us. Like yeah. the uh, the film, though, definitely like now's the perfect time to watch this movie. You're dealing with uh, demons and witchcraft and some badass monsters and some badass women fighting those monsters and uh this movie's dope definitely check out the accursed uh m1 where can everybody kind of uh keep touch and see what you've got brewing for the future um social media is good um the you know twitter is at mwa music instagram is at mwa music um and youtube is at mwa that's about those are my three platforms nice um, yeah 
definitely cool to have you on again man the uh, oh it's excellent always fun chatting with you um the movie definitely fun do a double hitter watch willies then watch this maybe watch this and then watch willies and on like a on a happier note <laughs> yeah um so there is m1 once again uh back in the saddle doing another great uh, amount of work for his film the accursed i cannot wait to be able to uh, check it out again i checked it out over haunt season when i interviewed him and like i mentioned in the interview you know the tonality of said film is so drastically different than willie's wonderland it kind of takes you aback from uh, being able to wrap your mind around the fact that this guy is the same guy who is Willie the Weasel. And I thoroughly, though, enjoyed it. Coming up this week, man, we will have a Star Cruiser report. I did, went and did that with my dad. We will have another horrific podcast with the great Catherine Eater, who was the production designer from Hellraiser 2022. And we may even throw in a tribute show with fast pass with us doing some more disneyland fun stuff that they did over the fall Uh, we will see though if we'll see what fits into the schedule but there are a ton of podcasts uh, coming for your entertainment on our channel as always and i hope that you uh, enjoy them all man so thank you for listening stay spooky we will be back with more horrific entertainment